Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast. And my goodness, they're doing well. We're at number one in the charts. We're not, I made that up, but I could just lie. And you go, wow, this is brilliant. In fact, let's keep it going. Number one in the charts for the fifth week running. So keep up the good work, everyone, or keep lying like I am. Anyway, we begin this podcast with Big Al and Ollie on that horrific injury to Andre Gomez and Sondre Card. And straight after that, we'll hear Adrian Durham's response. And just because something happens like that, you can't say there were there was intent or, you know, the injury is so bad that you can now give it a that was horrific. The poor, poor son, you know, as if as if he meant that. Well, he'll be uh, people will remember him for that. That yeah. that wasn't his fault. No, no, it, it was a, a freak accident. But you know, um, wow. Let's hope, let's hope that the surgeons could sort that out. You know, do you think Spurs will appeal that? Because it's never a red card. Um, Let, let's forget what's happened to Gomez. And, and by the way, I'm not just being flippant. Yeah. It's horrible, right? Yeah. But that was an accident. It wasn't Son's fault. No, no I, I totally agree with you, Al. I, I, um, hopefully they'll, they'll have the common sense to to look at that. But with the statement they made after, um, you can hardly appeal it. You know, it's almost as if they're making up things as they go, just, you know... To, to cover themselves no, this life ain't about covering yourself if you're a referee you've got to stand up and be counted and and yes we know you're going to try and you know you just got to go and talk to the rugby referees it's so embarrassing when you look at how brilliant the rugby referees are using the VAR that they use and they've been doing it 12 years but God's sake it's, mm. it, we're having humans making errors to how to use it so just go and sit down and ask them don't make it up you've got no idea yeah. well look the red card issue by the on-field referee here we go the on-field referee crikey mm. uh, for some was for endangering the safety of a player which happened as a consequence of his initial challenge well I, I don't get that but absolute tosh I wonder you know it's a shame we can't speak to Martin Atkinson this morning and ask him what he what he feels well why did he have a yellow card out why did he have a yellow and then change his mind because suddenly he went oh my god he's brought you know this yeah. is bad yeah yeah but I, I wouldn't have known which one to show that red too you know because really the, the the collision that caused it was oreo coming in and we start with the breaking news coming out of everton they say andre gomez has now had his surgery on that ankle injury picked up against spurs yesterday they say it's gone extremely well the club adds they expect him to make a full recovery. I know the Spurs fans absolutely love 
Hung Min Son. Okay, mm-hmm. he is arguably their favourite player, and he smiles a lot. He's loved by the fans. He's got he's got a huge following, um, and they love the way he plays as well. He's a very good footballer. So not even up for debate. But even the Spurs tweet that informed us last night during the game of his red card called him Sonny. Okay, that's that's. I mean, it, it's he's like everybody's mate. Okay, so it's almost like it's like the the parent of the uh, of the bully at school. My kid wouldn't do that. It's like oh, everybody connected with Spurs. Oh, Sonny wouldn't do that. Well, he did do it. I'm afraid. And whilst nobody can say that he intended the injury that actually uh, Gomez ended up with, which was horrific, he didn't intend that at all. No. But he certainly intended to foul him. And what did he think he was doing? He's, he's fouling him. I know, I'll foul him, but I'll, I'm, I'm not going to injure him. I'm just fouling him. What do you think a foul's going to do? Staying with the awful injury to Andre Gomez, Pressbox had their view with Simon Jordan, Danny Kelly and Sean Custis alongside Jason Burr. And we had about six weeks ago, you remember, Sean, um, there was a picture after Tyson Fury's last fight yep. of that terrible cut he got by his eye. And one of the papers, I think it was the male, to give them credit, had sent a photographer there and had got the picture of what was essentially his skull sticking mm. out through the scar. And we talked a lot about what is acceptable in newspaper journalism in terms of putting pictures on the front back page, etc. Let me just give you the scoreline on this in regarding the injury to Gomez, who, of course, we're all very pleased to hear, yeah. um, has had a successful operation and good luck to the lad. Um, I can't stand that kind of long-term injuries with players. It's just a terrible thing that happens. Um, the graphic photograph of his, let's be honest, his foot at right angles to where it should be was on the back page of the Sun in the mirror. It's on the inside, inside of the Daily Mail and the Telegraph. Some papers, including The Guardian, chose not to use it at all. Um, I'll start with you, Sean, because it's it's actually your day job these days. Um, what do you think kind of discussions were had? Uh, well, <laughs> were you there for the discussion? No, I wasn't, because I was uh, just returning. But I know the kind of discussions that we have about uh, these sort of pictures. And I would say, over the years, I think newspapers have gone slightly softer with regard to how they show a horror injury. I remember the Seamus Coleman one, who, of course, he went to see Son after this game. When he got injured... We used a picture from a very wide angle where you could see the injury, but from, from a distance, you could actually see how his leg was bent. And that struck me as a, if there can be a good way to do it, to show exactly how badly injured he was without zooming in on it. But I can remember, um, I, I distinctly remember back in 2000, the front page, I was on the Express at the time, the front page of our pullout was Luke Nillis colliding with Richard Wright. It showed his leg completely bent. A massive picture on the front there. I, mm. I wasn't editing that paper at the time, but that's how it did it. Nobody batted an eyelid about the fact you did that. Uh, we've we've gone away from that slightly of doing graphic content. I was looking at a few websites today though, and mm-hmm. and if you flag it, beware graphic content. A lot of the websites are showing sort of lots of injuries, horror injuries, yeah, it's and showing the, for all the pics of this. I was slightly curious about why TV decided not to show it at all. Yeah. Um, because I think you do have to get the context of, of what happened to see it right through, to show properly why Son, in my view, was unlucky. To I mean, you've got, a, you've got a spectrum here of trying to be oversensitive to people's yeah. feelings, Jason. And the other end, there's people saying, warning, contains um, graphic content. That's just clickbait, isn't it? Let's be honest. You're just saying, uh, we've got the stuff here that you're looking for. Well, you um, can't, sorry, just quickly, yeah. you can't put on the back page of a newspaper warning graphic content right next to the picture which you've seen in front of your own eyes. You can do it on a website on the yes. first photo 
warning you that you know if you're going to click, this is what you're going to get. I see your point, though, Jason. You, I think, I think you've been through this yourself in yeah. your career. Yeah, I mean, years and years ago, I was a news editor for the Independent, um, editing the paper that day, in fact, and there was a assassination in in Holland. A, a, a politician was uh, shot dead in the street, and um, I, I used the picture on the front page of him lying dead in the street, which was a mistake, actually, with hindsight. Um, I was younger. Pimp for time, wasn't it? Yeah, Pimp for time. I was younger. I thought it was an amazing image. It was so dramatic. The the, the incident was so dramatic. I just wasn't thinking through the effect it would have on people in the morning when they looked at that. Um, I mean, we didn't get an awful lot of complaints about it, but I just thought with hindsight myself, it wasn't necessary to be quite so graphic on the front page. And I think the older I've got and the more sort of into this business I've got, I, I tend to err on the side of caution much more. And with this incident in particular, I didn't think you needed to actually show the the, ang- the ankle and the ang- angle of what mm-hmm. happened to his foot. And I think actually, for me, the reaction of the players holding their heads mm-hmm. and looking so horrified is more dramatic. You can see in their faces how bad it is. On now to the mid-morning show with Jim White and Natalie Sawyer. And Danny Murphy was saying that Pep Guardiola, or Guardiola, no one actually knows the answer to that, even Pep himself. Anyway, he was saying that Pep will regret his comments made about Mane's diving. I don't think he went into that with that in his head. I think he was just triggered by a question about the resort at Villa Park, and, it, and it, it's just come out. I think with hindsight, he might look back and think, wish I hadn't said that. And I don't know him to say that, but I would I would be thinking, if I was him, I'd think, mm, last thing I want to do is wind up the best player in the Premier League at the moment before we play him next week. My experience, players generally don't get too bothered about what opposition managers say about them. It tends to be water off a duck's back. And Mane's playing incredibly well anyway. But if it does spur him on a little bit more, why take the risk? Staying with the mid-morning show, and Jim White had Richard Keogh's agent, Kost Toffis, on the show. This is what he had to say. I think it could actually become quite a, quite a big can of worms. There's a lot of issues that would have to get considered should this result go in, the, in Derby's favour. I mean... There'll be players who, who are in difficult positions at their football club who may be a little bit older, less market value on a lot of money. I mean, these are scenarios you have at every football club in the world. Yeah, should they start wrapping themselves up in cotton wool to avoid any situations like this? I don't really want to kind of specifically mention any, any players and give any examples, but this could make a lot of players in that position very nervous. The decision was made by them. Um, They closed that door when they made that decision and since that decision has been made, my phone hasn't ran. So there's not much more I can add to that. I'm a football agent. Um, I don't block anyone from my phone. So if they they ring, I will answer my phone and there will be a conversation, of course. On now to Paul and Andy Hawksby and Jacobs and of course Mondays mean a couple of nurses on site because John Motson was in the studio I don't know if John Motson is in this part of the podcast but nevertheless even if he's not bear in mind there were two nurses on standby because the combined age reached over 309 six minutes past one good afternoon everyone good afternoon Andy good afternoon Paul now I've got a theory a lot of people have wondered why the referees aren't using the monitor yeah and it came to me actually 
Because I was thinking, is it because some of the older refs need glasses to watch TV, to watch the telly? It wouldn't look good if Martin Atkinson had to put his specs on. It'd be like Des Lynham if he had to sort of put them on like something serious. So he, I thought he could have the Larry Grayson style on with a string. With this, what, with like a little cord? <laughs> little that cord. would be good. The, um, I mean, they must have eye test referees. I know we've had all the I'm, old... I'm being for, oh, no, but, Well, no, but maybe you are, maybe you're not. I mean, as you said, once you're getting sort of closer to your 50s, people need a pair of readers, don't they? <laughs> they do. They might be all right from long distance Yeah, stuff. that's it. You know, so they have to have like real twenty twenty vision then, uh, referees. Well, I would have thought they do. Yeah. How stringent is the eye test? Do you think? Oh, actually, as stringent as every test. I mean, the one thing you you you, you couldn't have a referee with glasses. I know they're sponsored by well-known opticians, but yeah. it would look a bit ridiculous, wouldn't it? I uh, actually couldn't think of anybody younger than Larry Grayson that wears those string things, apart from Jenny Murray, the presenter of Women's Hour. Yeah, you, you couldn't think <laughs> of a first more... mention for her on Talksport. That I feel. would suggest <laughs> that uh, they're, they're kind of slightly dying out. Then glasses <laughs> on a string. There must be someone else. Who yeah. else famous wears their glasses? What about your man off um, Antiques Roadshow, whatever it's called? What's oh, yeah, yeah, in the know. afternoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Wanacott. Tim Wanacott. He has yeah. them on a string. Again, he's of a certain <laughs> age, though, isn't he? Yeah, he Not is. many of the kids. I don't think Raheem Sterling has his, <laughs> has his readers on a string. No, I don't think he does. I don't think he wears readers, to be really honest. You're listening to TalkSport Daily. 
there's a culture in rugby. Yeah, meanwhile, even respect, they're scratching even, each other's even, eyes even, out. even respect towards authority on the yeah. pitch. Uh, it, you know, why do football have to be bashed? Why does it I don't think they have to be bashed. I think they have football, to be... Oh, that taught the football I think with the nature of attention on on football, with the money that goes into football, I think we should and could expect a little bit more than we've got from English football. Well, I'll tell That's you where Jones there. can learn a little bit. He could learn a little bit about how Gareth Southgate conducts himself after after certain matches because when the, a lot of people have picked up on the Tetchy exchange after Oh, you want a good loser, final. do you? No, um, no, no. no they were... No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. They were asking him for an explanation about why he thought it went wrong or where he thought it went wrong. Yeah. And I recognise he's hurting and he's also lost the 2003 World Cup. Mm-hmm. I really understand that. But it was, I've got no idea. Uh, you're the experts, you write about it, mate. Um, but it, on Eddie, in a few weeks' time, if you reflect on it, will you be able to give us an explanation there? No, I've got no idea. And I I find that annoying, I've got to admit. Yeah. I, I accept, yeah, you know, we've I got agree, yeah. they, he, I think he has a bit of a duty... To say, you know what, it, it, it was obvious to even casual watchers yes. the scrum wasn't working out. You know, we lost too many penalties caused by scrums and because we failed to win the scrums and that's a bit where it went wrong. If you could have just said that, but oh no. He has to, he's got this edge with the press yeah, yeah, and he almost wanted to put them down. Well, you explain it, you're the experts. No, you're the coach of England, you tell us. Yeah, I mean, last week everyone was writing about him as if he was a second coming, and what can everyone learn from him? He loses the game. I, I, well, I can't I, learn I, anything from him because he didn't that's tell us. A, that's how tight the margins are. That's, that's what sure. happens, unfortunately. I, I, don't, that's I, don't think the media, final. I don't think the media are judged you and executioners. I think you like to be. I think you have an opinion you that you're going to... You are the media, no, by I'm the way. I'm operating in a certain way as a pundit within the confines of it. I don't, oh, I I'm not a, oh, I'm not, I see. I love the way you always distance huh? yourself where you don't where you don't like what's being written. Oh, well, I'm not really part of that. No, what, what really gets me when a coach says... I do the same stunt, by What gets me when a coach says what Sean says, I completely agree. When you ask a coach a question like, where did it go wrong? He says, well, he says to you, well, you're the expert. Okay, fine, I'll write my opinion. I'm giving yeah. you the opportunity to tell me your opinion that might shape my opinion. Well, my if you refuse to take the opportunity, ima- that's your fault. Imagine if you said that to an American sports journalist of a senior yeah. coach. If he doesn't, want, if yeah, he doesn't, exactly. want, if he doesn't want to tell me, then fine, that's his lookout. I'm giving the opportunity to shape my opinion. If he doesn't want to do that, then fine, I'll write what I want anyway. I then, and we then asked you the question because on the one hand, as you say, he's being slightly tested. I get it. You know, he's, yeah. He expected to win that match and he didn't win it. And then the next, he started his campaign to get the next four years as well as the manager... Um, and when he's going to have to rely on the journalist being largely on his side. Yeah, I don't think he's always too worried about that, I must admit. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he doesn't pay huge amounts of attention. He's actually quite engaging company. I, I've met him. Mm-hmm. And he's quite engaging company. Chats about all sorts of things. A lot of the press lads who've been out with him for a beer will say he was engaging company. Why has he got to rely on the media, but then, he doesn't have oh, to rely just, on it. No, he doesn't no. have to rely on it. But you, it you, helps if you have the media it, it, on your well, side. No, what it? helps if you win rugby games? No, it helps what you guys do is you report, what, what you guys do is you report what, uh, events. What, you, no, 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 but it is. No, I had no, this on many occasions. I used to have Simon Greenberg, when he was at the Evening Standard, telling me that Crystal Palace's uh, fortunes were better served by having a positive press. Now, Crystal Palace's fortunes were better served by us winning football matches. It's not just what you guys do. He is saying, why have you got to be so negative? That was one of his quotes. It wasn't actually that. It was just asking him where he thought it went wrong, because plainly it did go wrong. That's not really being negative. That's just asking him, bearing in mind we got sploshed, Eddie, why do you think it happened? On now to drive time, and Darren Bent was alongside Seth Green, and Darren was talking about Jamie Vardy, saying he's one of the best strikers in the Premier League, if not currently, the best. 
what's it about? Why, why, why are the emotions flowing for Vardy right now? I just think he's playing at an extremely high level. I mean, you'd have to say he's probably playing better now and more consistent than the year they probably won the title. I mean, he's playing that well. He's getting older, but he still seems to be getting better. I mean, he's top goal scorer in the Premier League with 10 goals already. Um, and he's just going from strength to strength. And I think bringing Brendan Rodgers in, it was key to him as well because the way they play, getting the ball and behind quickly, little one-twos, and having Madison and Tillemans behind you. I mean, you can't ask for, for more service. Harvey Barnes is playing really well as well. And as I said, he's getting service from everywhere. And I've played in teams where the service has been that good that all you've really got to concentrate on is putting the ball in the net. And he's doing that really, really well. And he's playing... Uh, I think right now he's probably the best striker in the Premier League. Best in the Premier League. OK, so if he was available for England... He'd get in the England 11? Whether he'd get in the England 11, I don't think so. Just because I think Harry Kane is the England captain first and foremost. And when he's fully fit, you'd have to probably say Harry Kane is better than him. And I think the way England played with Sterling and Rashford and, and bringing players into the game, I think Kane's a lot better. I don't think that's one of Vardy's strengths. But to have him there, as, as I know it's disrespectful to call it, I, I never call him a backup, but to have a, a, a choice of Vardy as like second choice striker to Harry Kane, I think would be perfect. Just if we're losing the game and we need a goal, you know that he's more capable of doing that. I think that's what's annoyed him though, because he was second choice. And actually, I don't think he got enough minutes on the pitch in Russia, particularly in the semi-final when uh, we desperately needed a goal and Kane looked like he could barely run with the greatest of respect to him I don't think he was fully fit so that's why Jamie Vardy got fed up with it all but I'm intrigued by this because Jamie Vardy it seems like you can't defend against him now let, 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 correct me if I'm wrong here but Jamie Vardy is very very good at a certain select few things he's not an all-round striker mm -hmm. he's got pace his movement is phenomenal he's a pest yeah. his finishing is good so there's a lot of boxes he ticks, but he does, like you just said about the way England play, he doesn't tick all the boxes that uh, maybe somebody like Harry Kane does tick. So if he has got these strengths, why is it not easier for managers to defend against him, to set up, to nullify his threat? Because it, it helps that he's got these players around him because they... Obviously, straight away, you think, right, he's got burning pace. And what you do is you drop deeper. Don't allow him to run in behind. Okay, but you do, you do that, you allow bigger spaces for people like Tillemans and Madison, who will just carve you apart with their passing. And eventually, when them guys have got the ball, one of the centre-halves are going to come out and have to press the ball. And that's when Jamie Vardy is movement. And I think with Perez as well, being a clever footballer that he is, he attracts attention as well. Barnes with his pace. So I think you can you can set up to counter-attack, or sorry, set up to stop Jamie Vardy, but you're letting these, these other guys, these other playmakers be too heavily involved in the ball and the moment you then go up to press they'll just clip it in behind and he's away and we've seen about his finishing at the minute it's top draw at the minute and now to of course the moment you've all been waiting for the best bits of Andy Goldstein's sports bar Monday to Thursday from 10pm I know I know that's a long title but otherwise if you don't say what's written on the tin you'll never know what's in it by the way we're not a tin we're a anyway here are the best bits Des good evening to you uh, mate, good evening mate yeah right yeah yeah so Nice to speak to you a lot on that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it was West Ham, you know, we um, had a bit of a, like, uh, backtrapping about, or well, what's happening about uh, home and away games. I mean, I mean... Des, 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 I don't know what you've said so far, but just come start on, again. Come on, Des, pull yourself together, man, come on. What I'm saying is, um, like, we're playing games and that, and Palace, we, we couldn't even beat Palace at home, we couldn't beat um, Sheffield United at home. We couldn't even beat um, Newcastle at home. And um, now we've got to get ourselves together, really. I mean, it's not Pellegrini's fault, really, because, I mean, he's putting the um, strings out to put the, pay play the players out in their players to, to, to do what they've got to do. And if they're not doing their job, it's yeah. not Pellegrini's fault. 
Now, I don't know really? what it's all about. Des? 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 Des, the manager it's picks the players, he, p- he picks the formation, he picks the tactics, and he makes substitutions. Why is it not his fault? Pellegrini, right, is a winner for Man City, yeah? He puts the players out to do a business, to do the job what he's, they've got to do, our players, yeah? He's a winner, that Pellegrini. And um, if they, our players don't do what they've got to do, like, you know, who do you blame? You don't blame playing Patrick Reilly, you're playing the players for not doing what they got to do. Thanks, Des. Cheers, Des. Cheers, mate. There you go, Des, the West Ham fan. Well, there you go. That's it for another podcast, you think. A reminder that if you support Dortmund or Inter, both of you can hear Dortmund against Inter live on TalkSport 2 from 6pm tonight. And of course, it's a busy night in the Champions League, so that means you, the football fan, can have your say straight after the final whistle with me and Funboy from 10pm on the Sports Bar. That's it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.